Welcome back to Chew the Bible. It's your good friend, A.A. Ron. Oh, boy, what is today? Today is 1033 in the evening. And today is the 14th. Yeah, it's uh, July 5th, July 14th, July 14th. Tomorrow is my grandmother's birthday. And she would be 85 years old, or 85 years young, I should say. I'm excited to call her because I went all out. <laughs> well, not all out, but this is probably the most I've ever um, invested in my grandmother on her birthday. Got her some flowers from 1-800 Flowers and a balloon. And then I also mailed her a card and this little book called The Story of My Life. So she can write her, like, I ask all these, like, writing prompts. So she can write her story in there. I actually got it from my father, but he never wrote in it. It was blank. <laughs> so hopefully grandma writes in it. Anyway, I hope everyone's having an amazing day. I had my counseling session today that went well. Yeah, I took the whole day off, just chilled. Had my counseling session and um, also met up with my buddy Chad out in Raytown. Went to his favorite spot, El, El Magwe. He calls it El Magues. <laughs> I think he knows it's called El Magwe. I need to ask him next time I see him. Like, Chad, do you, you know it's El Magwe, right? Not El Magues. <laughs> I'm going to ask him. I don't have the heart to tell him. I think he knows, though. I think he just says it because he, he likes it. Do you know? Anyway, he's a funny dude. He's my homeboy. I hadn't seen him in a long time because I kind of, like, shut out the world for the last couple years. And well, I don't drink anymore, too. He's cool too, cause he didn't. I noticed when I got there, he didn't have. Normally, he would have gotten like a margarita or a beer or whatever, but he just got uh some pop. I think he did that just for me. I don't know if he did. I didn't ask him that either. He's just a good guy. I've known him ever since I, shoot, I knew him before I even got divorced. You met in this church basketball league of all things. I say of all things, cause. He's like five foot five, maybe. And yeah, basketball isn't like his first. He's better at softball, baseball than than uh, basketball. It's just weird that I met him in that basketball league. Of all, I need to ask him again what prompted him to like play in that basketball league. And yeah, we've been buddies ever since. I even worked on his food truck a few times, food food trailers. I think he wants to ask me <laughs> to come help him. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. He knows I prefer to just kind of do my own thing. Anyway. Ah, let's go. Let's go. We're in Isaiah 56, I think. All right, so we're since it's only 12 verses, 
I'm going to actually read out of the Message Bible and then read out of the Christian Standard Bible. Or should I do it vice versa? I think we'll do the message first. All right. So the heading for this is message of hope. Messages of hope. Salvation is just around the corner. This is exactly what I need to hear. God, here we go. God's message. Guard my common good. Do what's right and do it in the right way. For salvation is just around the corner. My setting things right is about to go into action. How blessed are you when who enter into these things, you men and women who embrace them, who keep Sabbath and don't defile it, who watch your step and don't do anything evil. Make sure you no outsider who now follows God ever has occasion to say, God put me in second class. Hmm, I don't really belong. And make sure no physically mutilated person is ever made to think I'm damaged goods. I don't really belong. Flip. To the mute. To the mutilated who keep my Sabbaths and choose what delights me, I keep a firm grip on my covenant. I'll provide them an honored place in my family and within my city, even more honored than that of sons and daughters. I'll confer permanent honors on them that will never be revoked. And as for the outsiders who now follow me, working for me, loving my name and wanting to be my servants, all who keep Sabbath and don't defile it. Holding fast to my covenant, I'll bring them to my holy mountain and give them joy in my house of prayer. They'll be welcome to worship the same as the insiders to bring burnt offerings and sacrifices to my altar. Oh, yes, my house of worship will be known as a house of prayer for all people. The decree of the master God himself who gathers in the exiles of Israel. will I will gather others also, gather them in with those already gathered. Verse 9 through 12. A call to the savage beast, come on the run, come devour beast barbarians. For Israel's watchmen are blind, the whole lot of them. They have no idea what's going on. They're lazy. They're dogs without sense enough to bark. They're dogs without sense enough to bark. Lazy dogs dreaming in the sun, but hungry dogs, they do not know how to eat. Voracious dogs with never enough. And these are Israel's shepherds. I'm going to put an emphasis on that because it has an exclamation point. And these are Israel's shepherds. They know nothing, understand nothing. They all look after themselves, grabbing whatever's nailed down, whatever's not nailed down. Come, they say, let's have a party. Let's go out and get drunk. And tomorrow, more of the same. Let's live it up. Mm. All right, let's see what it says in the Christian CSV. House of prayer for all. This is what the Lord says. Preserve justice and do what is right, for my salvation is coming soon and my righteousness will be revealed. Happy is the person who does this, the son of man who holds it fast, who keeps the Sabbath without desecrating it and keeps his hand from doing any evil. No foreigner who has joined himself to the Lord should say, the Lord will exclude me from his people. And the eunuch should not say, look, I am dried up. I am a dried up tree. Interesting that he uses, talking about eunuchs here. Hmm. For the Lord says this, for the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths and choose what pleases me and hold firmly to my covenant, I will give them in my house and within my walls a memorial 
and a name better than sons and daughters. I will give each of them an everlasting name that will never be cut off. As for the foreigners who join themselves to the Lord to minister to him, to the love, to love the name of the Lord and to become his servants, all who keep the Sabbath without desecrating it and who hold firmly to my covenant, I will bring them to my holy mountain and let them rejoice in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and sacrifices will be acceptable on my altar, for my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. This is the declaration of the Lord God who gathers the dispersed of Israel. I will gather to them still others besides those already gathered. And then verse 9, the heading for this is unrighteous leaders condemned. All you animals of the field and forest, come and eat. Israel's watchmen are blind, all of them. They know nothing. All of them are mute dogs. They cannot bark. They dream, lie down, and love to sleep. Mm. These dogs have fierce appetites. They never have enough, and they are shepherds who have no discernment. All of them turn to their own way, every last one of them, every last one for his own profit. Come, let me get some wine. Let's guzzle some beer, and tomorrow will be like today, only far better. Mm. I wrote a few notes here. I put a uh, how when this the on verse two what it says happy is the person who does this. Or back up to verse one says, this is what the Lord says, preserve justice and do what is right for my salvation is coming soon and my righteousness will be revealed. Happy is the person who does this, the son of man who holds it fast, who keeps the Sabbath without desecrating it and keeps his hand from doing any evil. But Jesus is the only one to ever do this perfectly. And then verse four, when it says, for the Lord says this, for the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths and choose what pleases me and hold firmly to my covenant, I will give them in my house and within my walls a memorial and a name better than sons and daughters. I will give each of them an everlasting name that will never be cut off. I'll put, Lord, help me to choose those things that please you. That phrase when it says, choose what pleases me. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to help us choose those things that please the Lord. All right, let's read these Tony Evans notes. It says, Gentiles who believed in the God of Israel and bound themselves to him at a place within his covenant community in the Old Testament dispensation. They, my bad. Gentiles who believed in the God of Israel and bound themselves to him had a place within his covenant community in the Old Testament dispensation. Here they were assured that they would also share in the kingdom with Israel, including sharing in Israel's regathering to enjoy God's salvation and blessings under Christ's righteous rule. God also promises special blessing and kingdom position to those who maintain their sexual purity. So right before I started reading this, I was, I've read this chapter before, but I kind of forgot about it, some of it. But right before I read this, I was praying because I saw this post of this. There's a guy, this Instagram account that says, um, it's called Godly Dating 101. And um, 
the guy was talking about masturbation. I haven't watched the video yet. I really don't even want to watch it. Um, but he's, his post is like talking about his post. He was posting and telling people like the topic on his YouTube video today is about masturbation, whether it's okay to do it or not. I already know and there's all these people had all their comments and all these scriptures about, you know, purity and holiness and, you know, lust and all that. It's like I already know the answer. I know that masturbation is wrong. I know that porn, like any form of like because one, you're you are you're taking something our sexuality was designed to be between you and you know between a man and a woman and so when we try to take that into our own hands we're basically going against god's perfect design right people have all different opinions about this and i also want to preface what i'm saying is there's tons of grace tons of grace for this for what i'm talking about but there's a lot of blessings on the other side of if you can actually allow the Holy Spirit, like, ask yourself, why am I masturbating right now? Like, why, like, am I bored? Am I lonely? Am I sad? Am I empty? You know, am I hurting? You know, am I, um, you know, it might be just simple, like, you're stressed out or you, um, you're just horny, right? And when we go to masturbate, it's not natural, actually. It's not, some people are then why would God even give us the ability to do that? I think there's tons of grace for it, especially for those of us that are single and don't plan on getting married anytime soon. But it's very hard for me to masturbate and not look at, not to not look at images of half-naked women or look at TikTok twerk videos, TikTok videos, or all kind of the stuff that's out here, right? I like try to justify it, be like, oh, as long as I don't look at porn, I'm good. But it's like everything that's technically is perverted. There's things that I have to watch to get off or whatever to, you know, release and all that. And then if I try to do it without looking at anything, I'm still using my imagination and thinking about people and things that are not, you know, not good. <laughs> it's It's lust. And so... And there's a temptation to want to act that out with somebody who's not my wife at some point. So it actually stokes the fire. And so um, I prayed actually to, like, right before I started reading this, like, Lord, if masturbation is wrong, if, 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 you know, if you want me to stop, you know, make it abundantly clear that I should stop. And here, and here it is. He's talking about, it says, God also promises special blessing and kingdom position to those who maintain their sexual purity. Eunuchs had their genitalia cut off so they couldn't, and they did it. It was actually something I believe they were doing on purpose so that they could be devoted to God, like to work in the temple. I don't know. I don't get how eunuchs, I need to like Google the history of eunuchs in the Bible. There's like a special blessing for those that, yeah, basically maintain their sexual purity. First Corinthians six nine. First Corinthians six nine, chapter six, 
verse 9 and 10. First Corinthians chapter six. Don't you know that the unrighteous will not inherit God's kingdom? Do not be deceived. No sexually immoral people, idolaters, adulterers, or males who have sex with males, no thieves, greedy people, drunkards, verbally abusive people, or swindlers will inherit God's kingdom. And some of you used to be like this, but you are washed, you are sanctified, you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Where was that noise? I got this little background beat I made and but it just made this like odd noise just now. I don't know what that was. Mm. Inheritance has to do with kingdom rewards and blessings to be received or lost by believers at the judgment seat of Christ based on our obedience, faithfulness, and righteous living. See, I get chills just reading that kind of stuff like every single thing that we do has a consequence in this life and in the life to come and so it's not so much a question of our salvation it's a question of like there's these rewards that we'll receive in eternity in heaven if we can every time that we resist sin I always imagine like every time you say no to lust or masturbation pornography any of that stuff there's like you're making these deposits into your eternal bank account. And it's like it's going to pay off in the long run, even though you can't see, you may not be able to see the reward of it. All you can all you can see is or feel is experiences the pain and the agony and the the struggle of like having this sexual desire that you want to act out on and you know the short term like loss but really there's these eternal gains that you're getting these dividends in heaven that we can't see it says by the grace of God believers have been washed are cleansed of guilt by the blood of Jesus, sanctified, spiritually set apart to God, and justified, declared righteous before God. Thus, we are called to live in a way reflecting the reality of what God has done for us. Mm, I need to read. I'm going to read a little bit more First Corinthians. And oh my God, there's a reason this is coming up. Cause I don't know about y'all. It's summertime, and this is ooh, hasn't been easy. These ladies got on less and less clothes. Um, it says everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. Food is for the stomach, and the stomach for food. 
and God will do away with both of them. However, the body is not for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. God raised up the Lord and will also raise up, raise us up by his power. Don't you know that your bodies are part of God of Christ's body? So should I take part of Christ's body and make it part of a prostitute? Absolutely not. Don't you know that anyone joined to a prostitute is one body with her? For scripture says the two will become one flesh, but anyone joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Flee sexual immorality. Every other sin every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the person who is sexually immoral sins against his own body. Don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from whom you have from God, you are not your own, for you are brought with a price. So glorify God with your body. I'm just going to read these the rest of these notes here up until, yeah, the rest of chapter six here. It says, everything is permissible for me was a slogan spoken by the Corinthians that they used to just, they used to justify and rationalize their immorality. Like today, our the big phrase is YOLO. That's what we say in our generation. You only live once. Only live once. Paul counters it by telling them that permissible things aren't necessarily beneficial. Christian freedom should never be used to sin or harm fellow believers. Liberty becomes detrimental when it negates the law of love, whether to another person or to yourself by bringing you into bondage. It's just bondage. Masturbation, pornography, lust, all of this is bondage. And the more you think of it that way, the less you'll just want to do it. If you start to think like, okay, when I go to do this act, I'm basically... acting like a prisoner again. I might as well walk into my little prison cell. It's in the spirit realm, you're basically walking into a prison cell. I remember watching those videos in my church that were talking about this topic. I can't remember the name of the series. But yeah, they show these guys in prison. Anyway, in like a dungeon, not just any old prison, but like imagine the worst prison you can possibly go to. Once again, I'm not trying to scare anybody. There's tons of grace for this, but like the Lord wants to set you free. He wants to set me free. Like, he t- like, yeah, we are already set free. It's a matter of walking in the light of that freedom. Food is for the stomach and the stomach for food was a Corinthian slogan conveying the idea. I've got a bodily appetite, so I need to satisfy it. But the Corinthians extended this argument beyond just eating. Some were arguing, arguing that sexual cravings also needed to be satisfied, even by visiting pagan temple prostitutes. However, Paul would have none of that kind of thinking. The body is not for sexual immorality. God created sex for procreation and intimacy between a husband and and wife within the covenant bond of marriage. Our bodies are not our own to do with as we please, but are for the Lord. What we do with them is not irrelevant and is to be determined by the Lord. 
and God will do it. Let's see here. And it says to sexually unite with a prostitute is to be illegitimately one body with her. According to Genesis 2.24, when a man and woman are joined sexually in marriage, they legitimately become one flesh. Thus, to engage in prostitution or any other sexual immoral, immoral relationship is to make Christ and his body, the church, part of an illegitimate union. And that's exactly what happens when a person is both joined to a prostitute and joined to the Lord. We should never make our Savior part of such an unrighteous union. Sexual sin is unique because by joining to someone other than one spouse, a person enters into an illegitimate one flesh union and sins against his own body. This, in fact, is why people experience emotional, psychological and spiritual scars as a result of sexual sin. I can attest to this. A Christian's body is a house of worship. Therefore, sexual immorality brings such sin directly into God's presence. When you have sex, you are going to church. The Lord is present when a husband and wife experience physical intimacy too. But sexual pleasure within marriage brings God glory because it honors his design for sex. Sexual immorality in whatever form it takes, adultery, fornication, homosexuality, pornography, makes a mockery of God's design. God will call everyone to account for how they manage their sexuality. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow. Anyway. Let me finish reading the rest of these Tony Evans notes from Isaiah 56. The joys of God's salvation in his millennial kingdom form a stark contrast to the close of this section in which God turned his attention to the sinfulness of his people in Isaiah's day. Things were so bad that God invited the animals to devour them. The Babylonian destroyers of Judah are probably in view here. The nation's spiritual leaders who, sh who should have been alert watchmen were like mute dogs who cared only for themselves and their own appetites. Mm. Lord, I thank you for this word. I repent for any way that I've been like a mute, blind dog, Lord. Just um, giving in to my own appetite, Lord. Pray in the name of Jesus, Lord. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that prompts us and leads us and guides us to do those things that please you, Lord, that to obey your voice. Thank you once again. This is the day that you have made that we can and we will continue to rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you that you're a good father, your gracious father, your kind father. In Jesus' mighty precious name we pray. Amen. Oh, yes. And for those of us, especially those that are single, that are trying to maintain their sexual purity, I pray, Lord, that there will just be a grace that covers them, Lord, that in those moments of temptation when attempted to give in to the sexual uh, sin and masturbation and all forms of just lust, I pray, God, that something would, would just stop them in their tracks, Lord, that the Holy Spirit would just stop them, Lord, and that they would be filled, filled with your presence, filled with your power, filled with your love, and then begin to worship you, God, 
and those holes in their heart, those feelings of loneliness and boredom, boredom and sadness and emptiness and all the ways we can justify our sin, Lord. I pray, God, that we would just run to you, Lord. We would run to you, God. We would run to you. We would run to you. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Thank you. Thank you for your grace. We know that everything is permissible, Lord, but not everything is beneficial. So help us to do those things that are beneficial. Help us to find other outlets, Lord, that please you and that honor you. And to remember at all times that our our bodies are the temples of the whole the temple of the Holy Ghost, Lord. So we want to honor you and bless your name. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. All right, y'all. Thanks for listening. I'm about to finish recording the rest of my audiobook. Jump. Half of it is already on iTunes. So check it out. Look up Jump by Aaron J. Yancey. All right. I'll holla. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned or missed the mark or veered off the path and fallen short of the glory of God or God's perfect standard. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of the cost of that sin is death or eternal separation from God. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5a says, But God demonstrated his love toward us or showed his love toward us in that while we were still yet sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. Romans 10 verse 9 through 10 says that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we will, not might be, not maybe, we will be saved. For with our hearts we believe we are now in right standing with God and with our mouths we confess that we are now saved. Lastly, Romans 10 verse 13 says that whosoever, anybody, everybody who calls upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. So if you never asked Jesus into your heart or you've walked away from him and you would like to rededicate your life to him, you can just simply say, dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know my sin deserves to be punished. I believe Jesus Christ is the son of God who died for me and rose from the grave. I want to turn from my sin and trust Jesus Christ alone as my savior. Thank you for the forgiveness and everlasting life I can now have through faith in Jesus. In Jesus' mighty precious name I pray. Amen. Lord Jesus, Lord.